0: Please be seated. It's a pleasure to welcome you again here to Sunrise Community Church. My name is Russ Siders, and I'm privileged to be a part of the pastoral team here. Mi um, no matter Russ Siders, soy parte del equipo pastoral. I want to greet those that are online worshiping with us and connecting with us. Uh, we hope that if you're in the area, you will be with us uh, physically. But if you're not, we're glad that you've tuned in in this way. Bienvenidos a los que estén en línea adorando con nosotros. I want to just highlight one thing here. Uh, for a moment, and that is that we're at a time of year where we begin to discern, to pray, and to understand who might be the leaders that God would raise up out of our midst to help guide Sunrise Church in the next year. Estamos uh, orando en cuanto a los líderes para el próximo año. We have what's called a a servant team. We've chosen that name very specifically because this is not a, a, a team of rulers and people who lord it over. No, we're servants. equipo But we have elders on that team that take care of pastoral needs. We have deacons that take care of some of our compassion needs and outreach with uh, uh, practical ways. But we are always looking for new leadership. And so this is the time of year where you have a voice. If you're a mission partner here at Sunrise, es un tiempo para que tengan voz en este proceso. We very much desire for you to give us your suggestions of those you see God raising up in our midst that could potentially serve in the coming year 2024. We have forms in the back. Hay formularios detrás. There are some scriptures to look up which talk about what are the uh, qualities of a, of a leader, of a spirit-filled leader, and we want you to pray about that and get those into us. We would love to have those by next Sunday, if we could. It's been out for a couple weeks, but I want to highlight it today to know that, that we hope you'll take that opportunity, uh, and we will be looking at those names and discerning as we go forward in the next couple of months. Espero que puedan llenar un formulario de líderes que ustedes sugieren para el equipo de siervos en 2024. Será una gran ayuda para nosotros. I'm also glad uh, that today we uh, have so many children here. School is starting. Kids, good to see you. I hope that this week in school has been good, or if you're just starting tomorrow, bless you in that. But we know that your education in God's Word is year-round. That's what I love about our children in worship program. So we're going to send our boys and girls out to children in worship right now. That's our boys and girls who are now in uh, three years old up to fifth grade. Vamos a enviar a los niños al tiempo de niños en adoración. Niños de tres años hasta quinto grado. And the rest of us will be looking into God's Word. As Greg said, we're in a series of messages called Classic Sunrise. Estamos en una serie de mensajes sobre una comunidad clásica. And again today, as we did last week, we're going to be looking at a scripture from Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to be back in Ephesians chapter 3 today. Vamos a estar mirando un texto de Efesios capítulo 3. I want to invite you to turn to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. Ephesians 3, versículos 4 a 6. We have Bibles in the back that can help you. The page numbers indicate where this is in those Bibles. La página en la pantalla indica dónde está el texto en las Biblias de atrás. I'm going to read first in Spanish. Then we'll flip over and read also in English. Comenzamos leyendo en español, después en inglés. What we have here is the Word of God. It's la Palabra de Dios. And it comes to us through the inspired writer Paul. Viene por medio del escritor inspirado Pablo. So let's, let's really listen and hone in on what this is saying to us. Escuchemos. Al leer esto podrán darse cuenta de que comprendo el misterio de Cristo. Ese misterio que en otras generaciones no se les dio a conocer a los seres humanos. Ahora se les ha revelado por el Espíritu a los santos apóstoles y profetas de Dios. Es decir, que los gentiles son, junto con Israel, beneficiarios de la misma herencia, miembros de un mismo cuerpo y participantes igualmente de la promesa en Cristo Jesús mediante el Evangelio. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members of one body and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. So last week I started talking about classic cars as a way of kind of paving the way for this new series. And in the world of classic cars, as I understand it, there are basically kind of two options that you have, two roads to choose, if you will. En el mundo de carros clásicos hay dos opciones entre las cuales elegir. One option is to take your classic car and restore it to original condition. Uno es una opción restaurar el clásico a su condición original. In other words, you take your, your classic car, uh, you put on the same kind of tires, you put in the same kind of motor, you paint it the same color as it originally was, you, you use the same fabric on the seats, all of that is original, just like it came off of the factory. Le pones el mismo color, el mismo motor, la misma llantas, la misma tela en los sillones. That's a great option. And many people like to do that. A muchos les gusta esto. But there's another option. And the other option is to customize your classic. La otra opción es ponerle accesorios. What do I mean by that? I mean you add some things onto it. For example, as you can see in one of the photos there, you can add a hood scoop. Now a hood scoop, what it does is it makes more air go into the engine so that you've got more power. Puedes ponerle una entrada en el capó para que entre más aire y haya más poder. You can drop a bigger engine into your classic car. Again, why? More power. Le puedes poner un motor más grande. There are those that will also add... Air conditioning for more comfort. Algunos ponen aire acondicionado para más comodidad. Uh, and then there are other things you can do. You can do the you know, the, the ghetto hydraulics thing for more pizzazz. You can add mag wheels uh, for more curb appeal. You can put on, even as you see here, flame decals for more pop. Le puedes poner ruedas magnéticas o, o calcomanías de, de llamas para que sea más atractivo. I mean, the sky is the limit with your classic car if you want to customize it. No hay límites. And while those people who, who restore their car to original condition say that's a lot of fun, those who customize their car say that's even more fun to try to put something extra on it. Los que ponen asesores dicen que eso es aún más divertido. But what if there were a classic out there that was impossible to improve. ¿Qué si hubiera un clásico que era imposible de mejorar? What if you had a classic that was so Beautiful, so wonderful, so perfect, uh, so pristine that no matter what you tried to add to that classic, you could not make it better. Que si hubiera un clásico que no podrías añadirle algo para hacerlo mejor. Well, this morning the Bible tells us that there is a classic like that. Hay un clásico así. And it's called the church. The church of Jesus Christ. Es la iglesia de it's a classic that cannot be improved. And in this scripture from Ephesians chapter 3 this morning, the Bible tells us that, that when it comes to the church, there is a mystery that we need to understand something that was hidden before it says. It wasn't quite seen centuries past, but now it's been revealed. It's been revealed to the apostles and prophets. En cuanto la iglesia dice, un misterio que tenemos que entender. And Paul explains what that mystery is in Ephesians 3, verse 6. He says, this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together with Israel of one body and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. El misterio es que los gentiles son junto con Israel beneficiarios de la misma herencia, miembros en un mismo cuerpo y participantes igualmente de la promesa en Cristo Jesús mediante el evangelio. So here's the mystery, the thing that we need to understand this morning. God has designed the church From the very beginning to be multicultural. To be a church that includes all the nations. Dios ha diseñado la iglesia para que sea multicultural. There is, I think, a mistaken notion that we can adopt that somehow God's plan A, God's original plan, was just to work with one model of people. To work just with the people of Israel. That that was it. That was God's plan A. un concepto que iba a trabajar solo con un modelo. Israel. And it's perhaps easy to see where we get that notion. If you go to Genesis chapter 12 verses 2 and 3. We see here God speaks to a man named Abram. Dios habla a Abram en Genesis 12.2. And... He says basically this, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing, una nación grande, y te bendeciré, haré famoso tu nombre, y serás una bendición, God calls this man Abram, and he says, I'm going to work with you to make my special people, my special ones, voy a trabajar contigo para un pueblo especial, and he He says, you're going to be great too because of that. Tú serás grande. In fact, the name Abram means exalted father. Great father. Abram es el padre exaltado, padre de una gran nación. Why is he a great father? Because he's going to be the father of a great people. God's chosen people. The people of Israel padre de, de Israel. But you see, that's not the whole picture. In fact, we get a hint of it in the very next verse. God says to Abram, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Dice, por medio de ti serán bendecidas todas las familias de la tierra. And so from the beginning, God had built into his plan for Israel something more. There was something more there. Dios había uh, creado algo más en el plan desde el comienzo. And the plan was not just for Israel to be blessed. The plan was for the nations to be blessed. va a bendecir a Israel, sí, pero a las naciones. And we see a little bit more of that if we just turn a few pages to Genesis chapter 17 verse 4. Vemos esto en Génesis capítulo 17, 4. And there God opens up the plan a little bit more to Abram. He says there in verse 4, he says, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I've made you. A father of many nations. This es is pacto que establezco establezco contigo. Tú serás el padre de una multitud de naciones. Ya no te llamarás Abraham, sino que de ahora en adelante tu nombre será Abraham, porque te he confirmado como padre de una multitud de naciones. So God just opens up this a little bit more, and He says, "It's not enough. It's not just going to be." You, Abram, as the exalted father of just one people, the people of Israel. No, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Many nations will come from you. Many nations will be blessed and a part of my people. Voy a padre muchas naciones. In fact, the name Abraham that God gives him simply means father of many. Abraham quiere decir padre de muchos. But wait, as the infomercial says, there's more, right? I must. We turn to the prophet Isaiah, chapter 49, verse 6. Isaiah 49 says, and God is speaking here, and he says this. It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and to bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth, no es gran cosa que seas mi siervo, que restaures a las tribus de uh, Jacob, Uh, dice, yo te pongo ahora como luz para las naciones, a fin de que lleves mi salvación hasta los confines de la tierra, so here's the thing, God's plan was not just to Take the people of Israel and to restore them and to, to bring them back to himself and to redeem them and to save them. Dios no iba solo, solamente a, redimir y restaurar a Israel. God wanted to use the nation of Israel to be a light to the Gentiles. Iba a usar Israel para luz a los gentiles. Now when you see the word Gentiles in the Bible, make a mental note here. Whenever you see Gentiles, whether in the New Testament or in the Old Testament, think the nations, because that's literally what it means. Gentiles quiere decir naciones, the nations, or ethnicities. It's the non-Jewish peoples, all of them. Se trata de los pueblos no judíos. And so basically what God is saying here is Israel's is going to be a light to the rest of the nations, not, get this, not just to bless them. Not just to say, hey, hope you're doing well, but to bring God's salvation to the rest of the world. Para traer la salvación a todo el mundo. The whole world would not only be blessed, but God would seek to save all the peoples. That's the plan. Ese es el plan. Now, here's the problem we have with this plan. In the Old Testament, we see time and time again that, that Israel, the one that was supposed to be the light, the one that was supposed to show the way, Israel becomes a wreck. Israel drives off into the ditch time and time again. Israel goes, goes launching itself off the cliff. Israel una y otra vez se desvía del camino de Dios y, y queda en la zanja. So that's the problem. How can Israel save the world when it can't even save itself? Can't even keep its act together. Israel no puede salvarse a sí mismo. ¿Cómo va a salvar al mundo? And that's where we need to understand more clearly that the plan of God was not to save the world through a special people. The plan was not to save the world through a special nation. No iba a salvar el mundo por un pueblo especial. The plan always was to save the world through a special person who would come from that special people. Salvaría el mundo de una persona especial, ese pueblo especial. And that person is Jesus. Jesús. Again, this is a plan that we see revealed to us over time in the scriptures. And by the time we get to Galatians chapter 3 in the New Testament, the second half of the Bible, now we're seeing the fullness of the plan a little bit more. Galatas 3:26, Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. It says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God. How? Through faith. Son hijos de Dios mediante la fe en Cristo Jesús. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Los que han sido bautizados en Cristo han revestido de Cristo. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Ya no hay ni judío ni griego, es decir, gentile, gentil, esclavo, ni libre, hombre ni mujer, sino que todos ustedes son uno solo en Cristo Jesús. And then it says, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Si pertenecen a Cristo, son la descendencia de Abraham y herederos según la promesa. So God's plan, this is telling us was not to, to save the world through a special people, but a special person. But that special person was not Abraham. Dios iba a salvar el mundo por una persona, pero no Abraham. Abraham was the beginning of it. Abraham was the, the one who got it started. Él fue el inicio, but... He was not the one who would bring salvation to the world. God's plan was to work through Abraham to make him the exalted father of one nation and thank that one nation, a nation that would bless the other nations and then ultimately bring salvation to the rest of the nations by bringing into the world the light of the world. The light of Israel is Jesus, the one special person who would die and rise again. From the dead, Israel Jesús, And so Jesus has come. And He's come not just to save one model of persons. He's not come just to save Israel, but He's come to extend the salvation of God to everyone. And now what this is saying is that being a child of God, belonging to God's special chosen family, is not a matter of genealogy. It's not a matter of ethnicity. It's not your DNA. It's not your ancestry.com score. That's not what makes you accepted by God. Ser aceptado de Dios y parte de su familia no se trata de la genealogía o la descendencia. It's not about where you were born. It's all about your connection with Jesus Christ. Se trata tu conexión con Cristo. If you have trusted in Him, you are a child of God. And you're part of His family. Si has confiado en Cristo, eres parte de la familia de Dios. And as it says here, whether the chromosomes are there or not, you belong to Abraham's clan. Because Abraham was the original man of faith. it is parte de la familia de Abraham, el hombre original de la fe. And it says you're, you're heirs of all the promises that God gave Abraham. Because you're not just a part of Abraham's family. You are part of this family of God called the church. It is parte de la familia eterna que es la iglesia. People of God, there's just one Christian nation in this world, and it's not the United States of America. The one Christian nation is the Church of Jesus Christ, made up of Jew, made up of Gentile. Hay una sola nación cristiana, que es la Iglesia de Jesús. Now, there are countries that have Christian roots, Christian foundations, Christian influences, but there's just one people of God, followers of Jesus. By its very design, then, the church, from the beginning, is meant to be multicultural, multi-ethnic. La iglesia ha sido diseñada para ser multicultural y multi And so, contrary to what we sometimes might think, being diverse in the body of Christ, that's not just kind of a cool, trendy add-on, right? That's not just kind of a, a customization. Ser multicultural no es algo como un accesorio de extra. no. It's part of the original plan, and so you can't improve upon that plan. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, again, we get insight into this. I want to share this scripture because it is so powerful. Ephesians 2, 14, it talks about what, what Jesus has done through his death and resurrection. It says, he is our peace who has made the two groups one, Jew and Gentile. So those were the two racial lines in the ancient world. You were either Jew or you weren't. That was the divide. Jesus has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Cristo uh, es nuestra paz. de Los dos pueblos ha hecho uno solo derribando mediante su sacrificio el muro de enemistad que nos separaba. And if you go just a little bit down to verse 15, it says, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross. Lo hizo para crear en sí mismo de los dos pueblos una nueva humanidad al hacer la paz para reconciliar con Dios a ambos en un solo cuerpo mediante la cruz. What's it saying? It's saying that Jesus... Who has come out of all this line of Abraham? Jesus is the one who has destroyed the barrier between us and God. He destroys the barrier in the vertical dimension, taking away our sin. Jesús destruye la barrera en lo vertical, nuestro pecado. But that's not all that Jesus' death on the cross does. Jesus' death also destroys the horizontal barriers. Between you and me and the peoples of the world, ethnic groups and races and nations. El destruye las barreras entre las naciones y las personas. That's the horizontal. When you put them together, the vertical and the horizontal, what do you got? You got the cross. That's what the cross does. And so reconciliation is at the heart of the gospel. At the heart of the Christian message, la reconciliacion está al corazón del evangelio. Reconcil- reconciliation with God, but also reconciliation with each other. It's not an aftermarket decoration. It's not a, 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 an extra twist that we put on the vanilla of the church. No, this is at the heart of it. Es al corazón de esto. And so, The classic Sunrise principle that we're talking about, which Greg spoke of earlier, is the principle of being a multicultural community. Queremos ser una comunidad multicultural. And I guess what I'm trying to say by by sharing this, this trajectory with you in Scripture is that when we talk about being multicultural as a part of our classic Sunrise vision, we're not talking about being fashionable. We're not talking about some cool customization. No se trata de un accesorio de extra. What we're saying is that in a sense, coming together as we do in this community and looking like our community, worshiping God in the languages of our community as much as we can in English and in Spanish, that's necessary. Es necesario que adoremos a Dios en inglés y en español y que nos veamos como nuestra comunidad. It's necessary in, to, in communicating the reconciling message of the gospel to our surroundings. Es necesario para comunicar el evangelio. It's necessary if we're going to experience more of the reality of Jesus and what he's done. Uh, Contrary to what perhaps some might think, being a bilingual, being a multicultural church as we are does not mean sacrificing more to get less. Aquí no estamos sacrificando más para recibir menos. That's not the vision. It's really about experiencing more more of the gospel, not just experiencing this vertical dimension of my sins are forgiven and my life is is being put back together by God, but it's also experiencing the horizontal dimension of I am learning how to overcome the barriers and the prejudices and the preconceptions and, and perhaps even hatred that has been in my life because of sin, and I'm overcoming that, and the gospel is touching me there in the horizontal too, and I'm learning how to relate to my family. No matter what they look like, no matter what language they speak. Estoy no solo experimentando la la reconciliación con Dios, sino con otros. Y aprendiendo a relacionarme con mi familia. And for the last 25 years, you know, this has been one of the deepest privileges of my life. To be in this multicultural community. To look out at the sea of faces that I see this morning. And to just celebrate and say, what a blessing this is. This is, you know, the, the psalm says how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. There God commands the blessing. Dice que cuando los hermanos están en unidad, ahí Dios pone su bendición. My heart races faster when I see English speakers singing in Spanish and Spanish speakers singing in English it makes my heart sing. Cuando cantando en inglés y cantando en español, me conmueve. That moves me. When I see our deacon team, three of whom speak only English and one who only speaks Spanish. When I see our deacon team working together and valuing every single member on that team. And celebrating and loving each other. Do you know what that does to my heart? That's the gospel. Cuando nuestros diáconos, tres que hablan inglés y el otro que solo habla español, cuando trabajan juntos, que lindo. When I see you inviting people to go out to eat with them, maybe you did that through this uh, No Longer Strangers uh, project this last month. You go out to eat with somebody who looks different than you or maybe doesn't speak your language and you're with them. You know what that does. Not only to my heart, what does that do to the heart of God? ¿Qué hace esto con el corazón de Dios cuando nos unimos? It's a beautiful thing. And that's God's plan A, that we overcome those barriers. They're still there. we got to work on it. I can remember in the early days of sunrise, it wasn't always easy. Uh, It's still not, but I can remember in particular this one story. I've probably told some of you about it before. En los primeros días de esta iglesia no era nada fácil. There was one woman in particular whom I loved deeply. She was a part of our group, our core group. Había una mujer parte de nuestro grupo. She wasn't complaining. She was not. She was being honest. And and she came. She said, Pastor, I just don't know if I can hang with this, you know, the, the Spanish uh, in the mix with the English it, it, it kind of gets me off track and I'm, I'm having trouble worshipping uh, me confesó es, estoy un poco distraído cuando hablan en español y me, me desenfoca and then we had a wedding it was the very first sunrise wedding that we had here uh, tuvimos la primera boda en esta iglesia, it was a Guatemalan couple they're still around, love them very much una pareja de Guatemala and this woman was invited, esta mujer fue invitada, as were a number of other people from the church, and at this wedding the script was flipped. The tables were turned, and esta boda hicimos algo diferente. Instead of me officiating this wedding mostly in English with a little bit of Spanish, the wedding was actually done mostly in Spanish with just a little bit of English. Hicimos la boda con la mayoría en español, no en inglés, y un poco de inglés. Because they had friends and family from Guatemala that came to the wedding. So we did it that way. And after the ceremony, this, this woman came up to me and she said, I didn't understand most of that. No comprendí mucho de eso. But she says, I do understand more now. Sí si comprendo más Ahora. If this is what my Spanish-speaking brothers and sisters are giving up every single week so that I can worship in my language, in English, I think I can handle just a little bit of Spanish in the mix of English. I can do that, pastor. Si mis hermanos hispanohablantes tienen que, que tolerar tanto inglés cada semana para que yo adore a Dios, yo puedo tolerar un poco de español en el servicio. I love that. That's a beautiful spirit. And that's what we're talking about. Multicultural is not less. It's more. Multicultural no es menos, es más. It's more because, you see, God is more. Dios es más. Think about it. One God. One God, but three persons Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God is more than we understand. Dios es un solo Dios, pero en tres personas, Padre, Hijo, Espíritu Santo. And God's plan is a beautiful plan. I'm going to come down to the table because what we have in the Lord's Supper is a reminder of many things. We often come to the Lord's Supper and we understand this is about forgiveness The Lord's Supper is definitely about this, right? That Jesus gave his body and blood for us to reconcile us with God, to unite us with the Father. Jesús dio su cuerpo y su sangre para reconciliarnos con Dios y perdonar nuestros pecados. Yes. But the Lord's Supper is also about this. That because of the body and blood of Jesus, we can be reconciled with one another. We can be reconciled with people that look different from us, eat different food, speak different languages. Dare I say it, maybe even would vote differently than we would? Yeah. Podemos estar reconciliados con personas que no se ven como nosotros y hasta a lo mejor no votan como nosotros. And what we're celebrating here is that it is Jesus Christ who unites. And I want us to pray as we come to the table, but also in the weeks to come, pray about the future of sunrise and how can we, going forward, reflect that classic principle of being a multicultural, bilingual church. ¿Cómo podemos reflejar ese principio de ser una iglesia multicultural en el futuro? It might look different down the road, but how do we keep it the same in terms of the value of it, the importance of it. My hope and prayer is that sunrise will always be a place where all the nations are welcomed and embraced. Queremos ser un lugar donde abrazamos y damos la bienvenida a todas las naciones. That's classic sunrise. But that's also the church. And you can't improve upon that. Esa es la iglesia y eso no se puede mejorar. So let's pray together as we come to the table, shall we? Vamos a orar. Heavenly Father, thank you for this mystery that you've revealed through your word that your heart has always been for all people's with you there is no favoritism your word says tu palabra dice señor que no hay favoritismos contigo you're no respecter of persons which means that you you see equally the need of us all and you hear our cries you know our need for forgiveness you know our need for healing, for transformation, and you also see our need to be made whole in our relationships. As we come to your table, Lord Jesus, first of all, we want to confess the many times, the many times that we throw up barriers The barriers that we throw up, whether it's a racial barrier or it's a political barrier or it's a barrier based on gender, sex, whether it's a barrier based on uh, economics, how well off or not so well off a person is. God, our our world loves to create barriers. A nuestro mundo le encanta crear barreras entre las personas. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you would break down the barriers in us the ones that keep us from talking to someone because they, in some way, threaten us. Quitanos las barreras porque las personas parecen amenazarnos. Give us hearts that are free, free from fear and open. Teach us as a church how to grow closer to one another as well as to you enséñanos a acercarnos unos a otros tanto como a ti you've said Jesus that the world will know you're my disciples by the way you love each other el mundo sabrá que son mis discípulos de la manera que se aman unos a otros dijo Jesús help us to grow in that help us to live with the discomfort at times And by your Holy Spirit, use that to draw others to you. Que nos uses para atraer a otros a tu lado, a tus pies. We receive this supper humbly, gratefully. Thank you, Jesus. By your body and blood, you destroy the barriers. Gracias por destruir las barreras por tu cuerpo y sangre. We give ourselves to you and we pray in your holy and precious name nombre God's people say, amen. So the Lord Jesus, the same night that he was handed over and betrayed, he took bread while he was with his disciples. And when he had given thanks, he broke that bread. And he gave it to the disciples saying, take, eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me la noche que fue entregado Jesús estando con sus discípulos tomó el pan y partiéndolo dijo haced esto en memoria de mí este es mi cuerpo que por vosotros es partido Then after they had eaten he took also the cup tomó después la copa and he blessed it and he said to them This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. Tomo la copa y dijo esta copa es el nuevo pacto hecho mi sangre. Haced esto cada vez que toma de ella en memoria de mí. I want to invite our serving elders to come up and as they're coming up I want to again stress this is a family meal. This is a family meal. This es, es una, una comida familiar, de familia. What does it take to be a part of the family of God? One thing, faith in Jesus Christ. That you've ab- abandoned the past and said, I don't want that. I'm letting go of my past, my sin. I hate it. Help me, God. I'm hanging on to Jesus. Si has tenido el deseo de dejar tus pecados, te has arrepentido y confesado tus pecados y agarrado de Cristo, tienes fe. That's faith. It's letting go of the junk, grasping onto Jesus and trusting in him and, and by that you are a child of God, the Bible says. And eso eres hijo de Dios. And So if that is your story, then you are welcome here. This table is for all who are part of the family through faith in Christ. Esa comida es para todos los que son de la familia por fe en Cristo. If you're not sure about where you are on that, you are welcome to participate by praying, by observing, by asking God to show you what you need to do and to be about. And if it's by seeking counsel or talking to someone, we're here to talk to you. We invite you to... to, Participate in that way A los que no están seguros de su relación con Dios Les invito a que observen Que oren en su sillón Y y que mediten Y si hablan con nosotros Vamos a estar listos para ayudarlos invite you as you come forward uh, to take of the bread and cup and return to your seat and wait until everyone has been served and then we will eat this together después de, tomar el pan y de la copa a sus y esperen hasta que todos hayan sido servidos y después vamos a comer juntos the table is ready come as the Lord leads you vengan a la mesa del Señor